You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Election College, Episode 188, Zachary Taylor, Part 2. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey Ben, growing up, I didn't pay that much attention to Zachary Taylor, and here he's buried in my home state. Can't believe it. And the only reason I knew that even was because, well, they exhumed his body in the early 90s, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But if you're alive in the mid to late 1840s, you're going to think, this guy is, well, he's the bomb diggity because he is this military dude who really won a large part of the war, <laughs> the Mexican-American War that we never talk about, which we probably should talk more about. And he has this hero's welcome in New Orleans, goes up to Baton Rouge. He's a hero. And 1848's election rolls around, and people are like, Zachary Taylor, you need to run for president. And the question is, is he going to run as a Whig, or is he going to run as a Democrat? And Zachary Taylor is like, dude, I have never voted in my life. <laughs> I'm just that kind of guy. And it's not that he was a slacker, by the way. It was because he was just loyal to the United States of America. So he thought, hey, the president, I serve the president. And it's irrespective of what party he belongs to. That's the noble thing to do, Ben. Yeah. Don't vote. <laughs> That excuse doesn't fly with us people. That doesn't matter anymore. You, you, your way of showing your allegiance is by voting. So anyway, isn't it interesting, Jason? And I'll just take a quick sidecar here for a minute. 
in this day, it seems like people knew pretty well who the generals and officers and things were in the wars. Like people knew people by name and they knew that they were a war hero and they knew they didn't have very good communication. I mean, we didn't have email or the internet or anything like that. And you still got their names out. Now, there are very few military figures who I'm sure have been, you know, incredibly influential and in, in uh, combat and non-combat situations. But there are very few military figures that I can tell you their name or what they've done. And we have way more access to that type of information now than we did then, or at least, you know, quick access. I wonder, I wonder what changed. When did that change that we didn't know people by name as much as we do now? You know, that is really interesting that you bring that up because I can remember, at, Ben, you were like three years old, but the first Gulf War, uh-huh. everybody knew Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf. Yeah. It was a big deal. And Colin Powell, like the, they were awesome. I, I'm actually picturing a Saturday Night Live sketch where the <laughs> two of them were dancing uh-huh. and it was like the country really rallied behind those guys. But then... After 9-11, yeah. yeah, we can name some of the generals and some of the leaders, but it was very much about the people who, you know, were in elected office. Uh, right. I agree right. totally with that assessment that we, by and large, don't know who is in command <laughs> out yeah. on the field. Yeah. What does that say? Um, that's only that's been... definitely interesting, yeah. for sure, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, back to politics here. Zachary Taylor is, yeah, he thinks he's an independent. He says, you know, banking system, it should be strong and everything. Uh, But President Andrew Jackson, you shouldn't have allowed the second bank of the United States to collapse. Shame on you, Andy Jack. How dare you? Uh, He says, it's kind of impractical, really, to talk about slavery getting out further into the United States because... There's not really a, a way that a lot of industry can happen out there like we currently have it. You know, so at the time in the South, you have a lot of cotton and you have a, a lot of sugar and everything like that, and those are both mainly slave crops. But hey, out in you know what would be Utah someday, you're not going to grow any cotton. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, <laughs> Zachary Taylor is he's kind of metered. He'd be a, he'd be what we'd call a moderate most likely, and Eventually, he's going to have to decide what he wants to run as, and he doesn't really agree with a lot of the different things that the the Whig Party stands for. But he's like, you know what? Hey, Whig Party, I might as well just declare, um, you know, declare that way. Uh, I disagree with a lot of what you say, and I'm pretty much just a if the Constitution says that we should do it. But sure, I'll, I'll be a Whig for now. Yeah. So it's very important thinking about the Whigs and why he finally did come down on that side is because he was a nationalist. So keep in mind, this is a very, very big thing for a presidential candidate at the time to have been born into a wealthy Virginian family. Did I say Virginian? A Virginia family to who currently has slaves to say... I do not want Southern states to secede from the Union. This is this is a very strange value set that he has. But he has it, and people are going to dig it. Yeah, so 
again, there are people just demanding him to run for president. And it's interesting because it's not just one party over the other. You've got Whigs and you've got Democrats. You've got Northerners, you've got Southerners. You've gotten people who are really supportive of people who would run against him. You've got people who are not really supportive who would run against him. Uh, so it's kind of a, you know, a unified front. Hey, we want you to run for president. And he says basically like, I'll only run for president. I'll only accept an election in that way. If I can be an independent kind of national figure rather than being really partisan about it. So again, he does end up uh, going with the Whig party because of his nationalism. And he claims he'd already always been a Whig, but he's also at the same time saying, yeah, but I mean, like I align with some of the other things on the other side. And this is something that I, I don't think we have seen many other times and uh, up to this point in history. And I don't think we've seen it very much in the recent history as well. You know, current day, recent history where someone is pretty well liked by both sides and kind of could fall on either side of the aisle. Uh, so I don't know, call it non-committal if you want, but Zachary Taylor seems to be a pretty good balance of two major parties. Yeah. But then on the flippity flip of that is <laughs> that Southerners see him one way and Northerners see him another way, mm -hmm. which do I give a spoiler alert here? So. Spoiler alert. We don't really get to see the fulfillment of a complete term for the guy. Yeah. But his death does have many people thinking conspiracy because what would have happened if he would have lived? We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But what you need to know is in 1848 at the Whig National Convention, which I bet was just a kick in time. <laughs> Everybody with their no, I I know they didn't wear wigs. Well, maybe there were a few people who wore wigs, but I'm sure that Henry Clay was more than happy to say, "Hey, Zachy, you can you can be the presidential candidate." And Zach Taylor was like, "You know who would make a really good VP? Millard Fillmore. Why not? <laughs> He's a Northerner. Let's just do this thing." Let's seal the deal, buddy. It's funny because you almost hear nothing about Millard Fillmore up to this point. Like, he's not a name that has popped up. And he's not really, other than, uh, you know, in a few episodes, we'll talk about how he becomes the president. But it's not really a name that pops up very often. But it's a name that always sticks with you because it's so incredible. Like, Millard Fillmore. It just has this <laughs> feeling. You know there's something special about Millard Fillmore's name. Uh, anyway, so they basically pick him because, yeah, he's a northerner, like Jason said. And how dare we bring a southern slave owner into the mix on this? And, you know, as we've talked about before, the, the Whig Party is kind of a mess in and of itself at, at the early points where there's not really a strong central positioning. So that's fine. Whatever. Anyway, Taylor is like, you know what? I really... I don't want to be on this big national kind of discussion about the campaign. I want to meet with voters on an individual basis. And uh, I want to uh, discuss my political views with them because, well, to some some extent, I want to know what it's like to be a voter because I've, I've never done that before, which is still <laughs> baffling to me that you can become the president while never voting. Yeah. I, it, it's just striking the whole unpoliticalness 
about Zachary Taylor because, you know, he didn't really know a whole lot about what was going on in the Northeast. So he's like, hey, I guess I'm the president now. I'm going to. I'm going to head up there and see what these people are all like. <laughs> and uh, he gets sick uh, while he's up in the Northeast. And he's got this gastrointestinal illness. And um, you can imagine, oh, man, could you imagine having digestive issues in the 1800s, Ben? No. It's bad it's enough. Not, it's not great now, yeah. I mean, you could stop at a rest area now and you know that somebody cleaned. I uh, just, oh, so anyway, <laughs> he uh, pretty much takes office and says, hey, Congress, I'm my own man. You're not going to change my opinion and uh, just back off, right? I'm the president now. I'm the guy who's in charge. I'm a military guy, and this is how it's going to be. And Congress doesn't receive that well. So as with many presidents in this era, the conversation about moving westward is also the conversation about slavery. And this is definitely no exception for Zachary Taylor. He gets a lot of push from either side. Hey, uh, the South is telling him, yeah, let's make sure that we have slavery as we move westward. And then the North is saying, we shouldn't we either shouldn't have slavery as we move westward or we should leave it up to them to decide if they should have it as we move westward and the south is continuing to say all right keep pushing us we will leave if you do and zachary taylor says that's fine i'm gonna just keep uh siding with these anti-slavery folks here because you know it seems like the right thing to do which is again interesting because zachary taylor has slaves but thinks it shouldn't be proliferated throughout the rest of the country. So California is something that's coming up and hey, why don't we go ahead and admit California as a state? Let's not make it a territory. Let's just go straight to statehood. And that way Congress doesn't really have any say so in whether or not it is going to be a slave state or not. Yeah. So there's a lot of going back and forth because I mean, California was just not going to become a slave state. That we could have probably eight episodes about the development of California, you know, how, everything from how it was, uh, I put in quotes, one <laughs> for the United States and how the gold rush, the gold rush is a huge deal. I mean, you have all these people in 1849. Uh, it's not just that the San Francisco 49ers, you know, there's a reason they're named that. Uh, you have all these people moving out there and it's just, it's just impractical. Why would you need slave labor out there? But it's going to disturb the balance of power and I keep on wanting to give it all away because he's not dead yet. (laughs) Sounds like a Monty Python movie, but he is not dead yet. Um, Slavery under the Taylor administration is not going to expand. And that's pretty much all there is to it. And Congress, they just don't like this. They're, They're looking for, the Southern members of Congress are really looking for a balance here. And Taylor... Is just not having it. So it never ends. It never ends with Taylor because guess what? Don't say it. What t- I have to say it, Ben. 
he decides that he's going to eat some raw fruit and some iced milk. Not the raw on fruit. On July 4th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really bad. Don't do that, Zach. Yeah. Yeah, so they're having the a fundraiser for the Washington Monument and it's under construction and he gets pretty sick. He has a, you know, well, he got a little bit of a digestive problem and who knows what this could have been from, but fruit and ice milk seems like a, a good possibility for sure. And his doctor's <laughs> yeah. like, well, yeah, it's it's probably something in the, in the cholera family, which basically is something they would say if you didn't know what was wrong, but you have had diarrhea. Uh, so like, okay, yeah, you have cholera, which just means your stomach's upset, but like bad. And there's probably a little more nuance to it, but that's basically the the gist of it. And this isn't like a unknown thing. Like, you know, in Oregon Trail, everybody's like dying from cholera and stuff, but it, that's kind of how it was. You, people just got it, got sick, and nobody knew why. And... There's a lot of speculation about how or why he got sick and uh, what happened, but he ended up giving, uh, getting a fever, a pretty bad fever, and he tells his uh, medical attendant, well, I should not be surprised if this were to terminate in my death. I did not expect to encounter what has beset me since my elevation to the presidency. God knows I have endeavored to fulfill what I have conceived to be an honest duty, but I have been mistaken. My motives have been misconstrued and my feelings most grossly outraged. So first of all, it's just really, I'm sure at the time this was not, this didn't sound that formal because that's how they talked, but it's really interesting to me to hear a guy say, well, I'm probably going to die, but say it in like an elegant way. Right. Uh, it's just, <laughs> and, and second, like you can imagine he's got a fever. He's got probably pretty severe digestive pain. And he's still saying like, Hey, I'm trying here, but nobody wants to work with me. And yeah, that's that's a rough spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Man, cholera and all of the junk that was in the water in Washington DC. You think about how many people died, like prominent people. This isn't uh-huh. This isn't the slum. This is the White House. Lots of people dying in the 1800s because of bad water. And isn't that crazy how it wasn't that long ago, you know, that people were talking, ah, he's oh, just yeah. got a bad case of the humors or something, you know, put a leech on him. You uh-huh. know? I mean, ugh. so obviously, or maybe not so obviously, Millard Fillmore is a very different man than Zachary Taylor. And we're going to talk about Millard Fillmore very soon. So I don't want to give all of that away, but... After Taylor passes on, rumors begin to circulate that he was poisoned by some pro-slavery Southerners. And the conspiracy theorists, they're, you know, they're there. They're conspiring. And it falls silent for a while. So in the 1980s, there is a former professor from the University of Florida named Clara Rising. She's like, hey, Zachary Taylor family. Would you mind agreeing that they need to exhume his body, they being some medical people? Would you would you be okay with that? And the Zachary Taylor family's like, sure, let's let's find out. So in June of nineteen ninety one, they exhume the body. First of all, there's nothing that sounds more terrifying to me 
than digging up a dead person and looking at them. That's just a personal little bit of uh, information for you all. <laughs> that terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, they ended up pulling some you know samples from his hair and his fingernails and stuff like that and do a bunch of different studies on them. And then they, of course, you know, return the, uh, the body and, and everything to the cemetery. And, and they do a bunch of different analysis and realize, yeah, there's no evidence, at least in what we can find, that there was any poisoning. Uh, arsenic levels are pretty low. It's probably just, yeah, it was probably cholera. And at the time, Washington has open sewers, so really anything he ate or even something he didn't eat and just got into his system could have gotten him uh, pretty sick. But it's also not entirely impossible that it could have been poisoning. Uh, there was a review in 2010 that says, hey, the procedure that they used to test for this arsenic poisoning, it was totally flawed. Like that's There's a problem with it. And so we don't have any definite proof that he was assassinated. But also at the same time, like we can't for sure say that he wasn't because sure, it seems plausible. That's a lot of work for yeah. to be deemed inconclusive. Yeah, it is. Definitely. And you have to imagine it, it was not a cheap uh endeavor as well. Yeah. Yeah. They don't talk much about like like with Lincoln, did you hear about that when they uh, opened up his coffin like in the early 1900s that uh-huh. like they opened it and it you know there was just this foul stench and it was horrible yeah. is this too gruesome for our podcast probably not it's history it's pretty awful yeah. to think about that but i don't know there's a lot more time from when taylor passed away and they probably didn't seal him up like they did lincoln i don't know well, the, there were other issues with Lincoln when he died that were, you know, I mean, he was he was shot, so there was an open wound that also could have contributed to some of that as well. Oh, yeah. Now it might be too gruesome. I don't know. That's rough. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you like us. Do you want to leave us a review or support <laughs> us on Patreon uh, after we've just grossed you out? Hope you weren't eating lunch here on your work day. Uh, go over to Patreon patreon.com slash election college or electioncollege.com slash patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n you can uh, support us there for as little as 11 cents per episode that makes uh, about a dollar a month that you can jump in and support us and it's not a lot it's not a lot for you it's not a lot for us but a little bit adds up to be a lot and it really helps us out the uh, good old hosting companies are always knocking at our door so Uh, Get on there. Yeah. And if you can forget the last two minutes and 20 seconds of the episode, (laughs) head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. We certainly would appreciate your five-star rating. It helps us get this podcast in front of more awesome people just like you. Hey, Jason, and if anybody has stuck around to this point and, you know, listened to basically the credits here, we're going to reward them with a little bit of uh, extra history that I forgot to mention earlier in the episode. Zachary Taylor, he was supposed to be inaugurated on March 4th, but that was a Sunday. And so he's like, nah, I'm not doing that on a Sunday. Like, I'm not I'm not going to be the president on a Sunday. Come on. Right. And he gets sworn in on the following day. So there you go. For those of you who stuck through both the gruesomeness and the, uh, the pitches, 
you get to know about that. Yeah. So thanks for hanging in there with us, and we will talk to you next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.